Welcome back to Lonely Town, a killer's podcast with uh, the two victims of Nephi Origin, Derek Everett and Jimmy McKnight. Try and mix that up a little bit, Jimmy. Salutations. We uh, we seem to have the same intro, which is okay, but every now and again I like to shake things up. Uh, today we're covering a song on uh, Pressure Machine called Desperate Things. Uh, interesting song. Uh, first time I heard the album, I remember it being one that kind of stuck with me. Uh, and to come back, there was uh, no interstitial again on this one. So um, I always think that's kind of different with the, the album, the way it was laid out. There's no interstitial. And as always, it looks like you have our, our Apple review ready to go. So Yeah, it seems like in all the, the really serious songs the, with serious topics, there's no interstitial. I don't know if it's because he, he doesn't want to mess with the, the, the message or the story and make somebody look bad. But on Apple Music, he said about desperate things. He said, this was a little scandal that t- took place in Nephi that I took some liberties with in the third verse, where I take it off the rails. I like telling stories, and there's people like Nick Cave and Johnny Cash and people that are great storytellers who are really in- influential to me. You don't get a lot of third verses in pop songs, and it's not something you associate with a typical killer song, but I needed that third verse to tell the story. This is probably as dark as I've ever gotten. Uh, One of the things I put on here was, now, first off, I love a Johnny Cash, (laughs) so I can respect that. Johnny Cash, one of my favorites. Uh, But I put, uh, and it's down here in the notes a little later, but the killers got back to killing in this (laughs) this song. Uh, The first, uh, I think it was the first album, it might have been the first one Sawdust, there was the trilogy uh, I think it's called the Murder Trilogy or something, yeah, where there's a, where there's uh, songs all go together, and maybe we'll uh, touch on that at some point. But that's like the the fans really enjoy that for for whatever reason. It tells a story. There's you know three different parts or whatever. After that, I don't think they were out murdering much in, in storytelling. But then we get this song, and there's a little murdering going on. But the first thing that I need to say is back on a Q and A uh, show I did. You know, back in our one of our earlier episodes, we had a Q&A show where somebody asked about the scandal, and I ad, uh, ad-libbed, is that the... Ad-libbed. ad-libbed and, and speculated, talked to some rumors about town, some things, uh, set a few... some things up. Set a few things up, set a few scandals. Those scandals were true. However, apparently there was more scandals that I was not aware of. I've had it confirmed to me by a source... Someone in the know. I'll just say, I've had it confirmed to me that what I said earlier was not what the song was about, neither of those scandals, or what this song was referencing to, or what it was about. So, you're saying somebody's been keeping a secret. Someone's been keeping secrets in that quiet town, and I'm not going to keep speculating, but apparently uh, the Nephi PD might have had a few more skeletons in the closet than even I knew, uh, but it was also uh, told to me that uh, it has been... Uh, embellished uh, maybe a fair amount. So <laughs> we'll just go with that and uh, not revealing my sources at this point, but uh, we can confirm that that's uh, pretty accurate. Yeah, it starts out with a lady speeding, going 60 and a 35, and this is the second time that the number 35 appears in the album because uh, it talks about 35 miles north um, in uh, in the car outside, right? Yeah. yeah. And... Um, I think I mentioned before, I think it was when we interviewed Todd, there are there are only two streets in Nephi with 35-mile-an-hour speed limits. One of them leads up the canyon past the local hero sports bar. So pretty sure this is talking about Track Street. Derek, I wanted to ask, have you ever been pulled over on Track Street? 
Not on Dragon. <laughs> uh, it's funny that you should say that because we just uh, I do another podcast for those people that don't know. Do it before we do this one, so we can try to maximize time and all that. And we were just talking about if I'd ever been pulled over in that podcast. So I've actually been pulled over on the other uh, one a couple of times. That's the other thirty-five, which would be Main Street, if I'm correct. Yeah. And uh, when we get into the diner and stuff on here, because you've said Track Street before, and we've talked about this before. Um, there. Uh, there's a couple restaurants that might have been off Main Street where you might have went and uh, visited this gal at that could have been there as well. So when I was younger, they had a program that was like a youth court, and I got in trouble uh, for speeding and worked my way into the youth court instead of paying a, a ticket. Uh, you became a judge instead of being going to jail? They needed some volunteers, <laughs> and so uh, I'm sure I was real popular because I took this uh, opportunity to get myself out of trouble. The uh, one of the things you did is you'd kind of hang out with the cops and stuff around town, you know, kind of job shadow or whatever. I went with a cop, and I can't remember his name, and we sat just north of the taco time, or I guess it was just east of the taco time, uh, by the mouth of the canyon in the golf course, and he was sitting there uh, trying to get people that were speeding coming uh, down the canyon. And I, I spent uh, some time there where we pulled over some people on Track Street. That's awesome because I have an, I have a track track street cops story too. When I was a Cub Scout, one of our leaders, I don't know if he was our leader or somebody in his family was, but we got to go on a little ride along as Cub Scouts in the yeah. back. So we got thrown in the back of the squad car. We went down to Track Street, parked by the elementary school. He showed us how the radar gun worked. He didn't pull anybody over while he had a car full of. I was going to say, what happens if they need somebody in the back seat there? Yeah, he's just showing us part of the things of his job, and they took us down to the police station, and they took our prints and stuff just to show us how it worked. And, and now you're on file. <laughs> yeah, and now the government knows who I am. Oh, I... Never mind. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's kind of the perks of a small town. Um, there's a line here that says, I've never uh, had patient, or much patience for guys that hit for more than just the obvious reasons. Now, the obvious reasons, you don't like a guy that beats his, his wife or girlfriend or whatever. What's more than just the obvious reasons? That's a big question mark for me, too. I no idea. Uh, and then uh, after he pulls There's up, lots of reasons not to like it. I mean, there's a lot of hit, but I, I, I don't know than, what he's referring more to. More than just the obvious. I didn't know if it's because he, he thought the girl was pretty or liked her or, or you know, fancied her or whatever we're going to say there. The cop asks after he pulls her over, she's got blood on her. Um, he doesn't like that for more than the obvious reasons. He asks if uh, he wanted me or she wanted me to take him in. She laughed it off like lemonade. What's that mean? How do you laugh something off like lemonade? I think it's another <laughs> one of the controversial lyrics from the album, like uh, the strawberry moon or things like that. That Or no, watermelon. Watermelon red, that's the other one. Just a way to describe, to add some, some color to... A story, I think. I don't know. No, that's a that's a phrase I've never heard. It's not a term that I've heard thrown around. Is uh, she laughed that off like lemonade? So I didn't know if he had some insights there. I surely don't. No, I don't recommend laughing while you drink lemonade. Shoot it everywhere. <laughs> Shake it off. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but okay, then we go on. Um, sorry, I'm just kind of taking over here. One of the lines I do like is it, it gets twisted up, and you can justify sin. And I think with the religious context of the record. Uh, we've got into this a little bit before. Um, it's kind of interesting, and one of the things that people will, will bring up a lot or, or whatever is, you know, how convicted, how religious, how whatever are you, but I think a lot of times people can 
try to find, uh, I've heard it called cafeteria or whatever, where you pick and choose what you want to believe of certain faiths or, or different parts. I, I practice this, but not that. I'll do this, but not that. But it is something, when somebody wants something very bad, how easy you can just justify uh, a little something, and it usually leads you into a lot of trouble somewhere else. So uh, just kind of that line here where um, you can justify sin. I think that was that's pretty significant, and I think it does lead into uh, the religious culture and thing that we've talked about before with, with the town. Derek, I just came up with a theory on the spot here. I like it. What you got? Well, I, I had a note here about, uh, about Cody. Cody does his talking with his fists. This cop doesn't like guys who hit, and I now I know why. It's because the guys who hit also start fires. <laughs> so maybe this uh, cop is Cody? Is got, that no, wrong? no. The guy who hits is Cody. Oh, okay, gotcha. He does his talking with his fists, and he's got a girl in a sling. And he doesn't like him for more than obvious reasons, because he's a fire he's, starter. He's got a history he's with, just, with this guy. He's just a troublemaker. It's, it's not the worst theory I've ever heard. So as you talk about uh, justifying sin, I think uh, this... Chorus is repeated three times, and I think as I listen to it a million times, half a million or so, I think you could easily uh, justify saying that each each time he's talking about a different person. So in the beginning, I think he's referring to the husband, who's justifying abuse. So I think I think the first time he's talking about the husband, who's the sin, he's justifying his abuse. You know, he's he's hitting his wife because. She's making him mad, and you know he can just apologize, and they they love each other, so she'll forgive him, and you know I think uh, might be referring to him. And then the second time, I think it's talking about her. Uh, after we get into um, there, you can tell the she and the cop have an affair. She's justifying uh, cheating on her husband because she, uh, she's falling in love with this this cop. And then the third one, after he takes him up the canyon. I think it easily be saying that he's justifying, uh, it's justify, the cop's justifying taking out the, the husband because of love for, for the woman. So I thought that was interesting as it goes through the story. It tells, you know, it goes from he catches her or he pulls her over, they get to know each other better, and then it ends with the guy. Being I think he killed him. Yeah. I'm pretty, uh, sure, I, he killed him. I'm pretty sure I've heard Brandon, uh, my band, again on X96, talking about how he the guy gets killed. Maybe, I think Brandon said it, maybe it was one of the DJs. Uh, one thing that I think is interesting about this song, too, is people either love it or hate it, which seems to be the same with this whole album, um, but different, different things. When we were interviewing Todd, I don't know if this was on the interview or when we are talking before or after, uh, but he referred to this as almost like a movie, and you can visualize the song, I think it was one of his favorite songs. I'm trying to remember the context in which we brought it up with him. But it is just kind of like, uh, you can see it in your mind, especially if you're from Nephi or a small town. I'm sure it's the same way with any sports, or sports to bar. And any small town, you, you kind of get the layout of the land. Jimmy's described that before on the podcast. But you can uh, picture this cop pulling somebody over, you know, the battered wife, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, you get to know her a little better. You know, they develop a relationship, and things escalate from there. Uh, but just how it's laid out, how it how it's told, it is like a, a story. And with that, like you said, listen to it a half million times. It's one that I've noticed. If I listen to it, it can influence my mood. Uh, you <laughs> go to from where it's an upbeat, peppy thing, and you listen to this song a few times. It kind of brings you down a few notches. Uh, it's not necessarily a, a depression, but it's like a, maybe a melancholy or something comes around where I'm like, it's kind of got a weight to it. It's a little more serious. It's. Uh, it's covering a murder, I guess, so so it should be. 
another line in here that kind of jumped out to me is uh, when he says, you know, when, when people are in love and desperate enough to abandon their dreams and going back to what we've talked about uh, with Brandon and, and living your dreams and it's a, a sin on a might have been, um, just referencing to, to Brandon, abandoning your dreams is about as serious a thing as you can come up with because his whole career, he brings up in concerts, he's brought up in interviews, chased the dream, he got the prize. Uh, so he's talking about these people are so infatuated with each other that they're willing to give up on whatever those dreams are, and, and they're that desperate to be together that they're going to do that. And that, that kind of jumped out and resonated with me with uh, what we've talked about before with him in different songs. That uh, That's that's a pretty serious uh, statement from him. Yeah, as the song goes on, like I said, he starts meeting up with her at a restaurant where she works. Apparently he takes his lunch break when it's not too crowded, so nobody else is taking their lunch break. Oh, so they can't, he's got plenty of time to <laughs> talk to her. She can't go wait in these other tables. You had some speculation about restaurants? I've had it confirmed again, I think, but I'll say what my speculations of the restaurants were. So in Nephi at the time, I think the restaurants that this lady could have worked at would have been Lisa's Country Kitchen, which we've talked about before, uh, with the with the hot beef. We had Mickelson's, uh, J.C. Mickelson's, which is no longer there, but they were famous across the, the state for having billboards that said, uh, eat a few peanuts, it's worth it. And I don't know if that was true or not. There was the Cedar Hollow at the time. You remember the Cedar Hollow? Yeah, right across from C.H. Spiffy. It was uh, famous for its seafood buffet on uh, on weekends. Yeah, there, there was a restaurant right next to it. It was C.H. Spiffy, the C.H. was Cedar Hollow. And there was a, a creepy clown yeah, statue in there. So. And it had a large chicken at one point, which I don't know what ever <laughs> happened to that. Uh, and then the other one I just threw in there was One Man Band, but I think that would have been much after the time. But I've had it confirmed to me um, that this was uh, would have been Lisa's Country Kitchen. So again... Another shout-out to Lisa's Country Kitchen. If you're in town, I think you need to go there and have a hot beef and see. Uh, I guess at the time of uh, of the scandal, <laughs> I'm trying to tiptoe around everything. Because I can't keep throwing out things that may or may not be true or get people in trouble. Uh, however, at the time of the scandal, I guess that was the place where uh, a lot of the cops would go and kind of hang out, do their paperwork, just get together and talk. They might have been on shift. They might have been off shift. But that was kind of like the... The hangout, and this was the uh, not the new building, the old Lisa's building, which is I think just across the street and the laundry mat and kind of a junk store now for those people that are doing the tours. Yeah, he goes on and talks about uh, meeting her way out west, out in the West Hills. You know, like we've talked about about four or five or six times already. But I thought this part where he, he uh, unbuttons her dress it reminds me of Mr. Brightside. Wondering if Mr. Brightside he wrote the same note. Mr. Brightside, he talks about he's taking off her dress, and um, in this case, Mr. Brightside would have been in the husband situation, but I think Mr. Brightside is more of a, a guy who's thinking about, or who's infatuated with a girl who's already taken, so a little bit different than, than this, but I thought it was interesting to have those, you know, bring up the buttons again. Yeah, it seems to be kind of the same theme as uh, she's taking off her dress now, and <laughs> unbuttons her dress, or, or whatever is there. Out in the West Hills, I guess I should say this again, Nephi has grown quite a bit. Uh, when we were younger, when this would have been taking place at, at the time, it was, a, it was a smaller town, and you could drive out west, and there were dirt roads and, and hills and you know roads that would just go wherever. You could, if you wanted to, go out and just park somewhere and not see anybody for days. Uh, it's still kind of that way, but there's more uh, farmers. There's probably more bored kids going for, for rides. There's people going out. 
you know, scouting for, for deer or hunting or, or doing all those kinds of things. But I remember hearing stories about people that might have drove out west and things might have happened. And that was kind of a place if people were at your house or people, you want to be away from things or do probably not great things. You can just go out west in the West Hills and get away with a lot of stuff. So There's an interview that Brandon did with Consequence of Sound that you reminded me of where he says, talking about pressure machines, he said, there were all kinds of things. These are people that I knew. So about four or five of the characters are actual people that I grew up with. But then I also step into the boots of a murderous cop at some point on desperate things. So yeah, there's confirming that it's a murder. But the wonderful thing that anchors the album is it's all in this place that I'm very familiar with. And it's in the shadow of this mountain, Mount Nebo. And I know the canyons and the roads and the places people go to make out and the places where people get their hamburgers. So I thought that was great because it fits in a lot with this. We talk about restaurants. We talk about places people go to, to make out or whatever. And um, the canyon, they're all, they're all real places in Nephi that we're pretty familiar with. Yeah, that's the thing I can, I can visualize. And, and I thought maybe it was just me, but when Todd said that, like we referenced to earlier, I thought it really could be a movie, uh, at least some cinematic things. Maybe it's just your imagination, but uh, whatever you're imagining is probably pretty accurate. Uh, the other thing, they get talking about that local hero sports bar where this guy goes to drink every night. We brought it up a little bit before, but Nephi was unique that way. There's not a lot of bars, especially in central Utah, not in the state of Utah, and not at this time. So it was always kind of odd that Nephi had a bar. Uh, where it says it was a sports lounge sports bar, or sports yeah. bar, I thought, I've, I've been there a few times for different events and things. It was more of like a big log cabin. Um, they might have had some TVs. They had some cool tables. But I went online. It's, it, it's shut down. It's been shut down for probably a, a couple of years now. And now it's actually a wedding reception uh, type place. So if you want to get married and have a wedding reception at the local Hero Sports Bar, <laughs> you can do it. And it's a, it's a beautiful place. But I went and read some of the reviews online, which was kind of interesting to me because I've never done that before. And you can go through, like, I think it was Google. It might have been Yelp reviews. It had a lot of good reviews. And the one thing that people uh, criticized it about is, is they watered down the drinks a bit. So if you, <laughs> you want to get drunk, order really? the beer. Uh, you get, you know, some watered down, uh, some mixed drinks and stuff like that, which I just thought was interesting. But um, there was almost, like, there's a real religious side of town. And then there was like the not religious side of town. And, well, the religious side of town would kind of go to church and church events or church meetings. And during the week, there would be different uh, kind of meetings and stuff where those type of people would go. A lot of the people that didn't live that lifestyle or choose to live that way uh, would go probably to the bar and be around like-minded people and, you know, have their own get-togethers and just like normal people out in different parts of the world and going for a beer after work is not a big deal. And Nephi, it was probably not the norm uh, for a lot of people, but other people had that connection and bond there. So uh, I just thought that's always been interesting to me that for as religious of a community and things as Nephi was or is, uh, we also had a, a bar. And, you know, it's and, and sometimes the people mixed. You might be religious one week. You might be not religious the next week. I don't know. Uh, but I went ahead and looked at the reviews. I found that was interesting. Also, if you're going towards the canyon and you're on track street, uh, the bar is just not too far off Track Street, so it's uh, context of the story and stuff. When the cop goes, and I don't know if he pulls him out of the bar, I don't know how he gets him to the cop car cuffed up, but it wasn't that far of a drive to go up the canyon and, and finish the deed. Yeah, and uh, I don't think, did you mention the name of the sports bar when we were growing up? There was a few episodes ago, we had a bar, and then I don't know if it's sold or if they just changed the locations or names. The first one that I always loved because of the Garth Brooks song, and I don't know why it always makes me laugh, was Behind the Shoots Honky Tonk Bar. 
And uh, their number was 623-444-9999. I'm not sure which. Don't ask me why I know that. Uh, watched a lot of Simpsons growing up and probably made some phone calls and asked stupid things. Again, I know weird stuff. The new one, I think, was just called Sports Creek, uh, Sport, or Salt Creek Sports Lounge. Yes. Yeah, that's why I thought it was funny that it had the name sports in it. I never made it in there, but... I always just knew of it as the bar. And I was it, like it, wasn't like, it wasn't really like a sports bar. I, I don't know. They might have had some TVs, but it was more of a... I mean, Nephi's more of a, a westerny town, so if anything, they'd have bands come on occasion. <laughs> well, I mean, it was like it was like a nice uh, a nice cabin is really what it was. It was pretty big. Uh, you know, they'd have bands yeah, play. They'd have yeah. a dance floor. They'd have, you know, different events come. Uh, Salt Creek. So, again, that's going back to uh, a previous song and mention of, you know, going to the Salt Creek when I was young. Uh, obviously, this this uh, local hero sports bar was named after the same creek or creek, depending on where you're from. Yep. So it uh, takes him up the canyon, Salt Creek Canyon again. Then there's some crazy sounds in the song where some people say it's you can't really tell if he kills him, but I think from what we've read from Brandon's uh, explanations, it was obviously a murder. So uh, this is one part that I think uh, is interesting. And I mentioned when we talked about West Hills. Um, in West Hills, the protagonist talks about how uh, the sheriff kicked his door down. He was sleeping in his own bed. And this is an example of, uh, you know, just the juxtaposition with that of, you know, a cop who wasn't sleeping in his own bed that was getting in trouble. So, you know, something I mentioned at West Hills that everyone's got their, their sins. Everybody's got their, like we said in other episodes, everybody's got what they're trying to escape from, no matter who you are, so... Everyone's got, got their burdens and, and their vices or whatever you want to call them. So the first time, I think I might, I have a hard time remembering what I've shared on the show and what I've just told people. So the first time uh, we got the Pressure Mishima album, me and my wife went down to Nephi. We started off at the church that was on the cover and kind of drove around town. Uh, right when uh, we decided to go up the canyon, because I must have known that there was songs about the canyon or maybe I drove around town and that was just where we got to. Uh, but I was going up the canyon, it was starting to get dark, and that's the first time I heard desperate things. And that symbol crashed, whatever happened, right about, for those of you that know, we were about to the second pond. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like a big bang, like, yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of like startled me a little bit, but it was kind of, uh, for me, it was a cool experience to be hearing the song and going through the place, and right about the time where I'm assuming the symbol was representative of, of the gun shooting the, the man, what happened was right about where that might have happened in the song. So uh, I don't know if that's a cool experience or not, but it was very interactive. And I think it's <laughs> probably an experience that I might be the only one that had. I don't know. I'm guessing not a lot of people had that the first time. If you want to go up the canyon and listen to it on your hillbilly heroin now, you can surely do that. But uh, for me, that was kind of interesting. I definitely think the guy got killed. I think we have enough... Uh, Evidence that we could, uh, you know, present that. We could go to the youth court. I could get it on the docket. I still probably know some people. When we're done doing the cop ride along and pulling people over, we can go get this guy uh, convicted of murder. So there's two songs I wanted to, to bring up at the end here that I found interesting uh, parallels with. One of them is, uh, we brought up before, This Is Your Life, or it brings up Track Street. As you look further in the lyrics, it, I mean, I brought it up before just because it was a Nephi location, but... In the lyrics, it says, it's lonely down on Track Street. She used to go by Jackie. The cops, they'll steal your dreams and they'll kill your prayers. Wow. <laughs> and then later it says, that take a number where the blood just barely dried. And, you know, this, she's got blood dried on her shoulder. You know, 
This Is Your Life is a completely different story about a completely different topic, but I thought it was interesting. It talks about blood, cops, track street. Uh, just some interesting parallels there. And then the other thing I found when we were, uh, we had Wadi that helped us with some of the Bruce Springsteen comparisons. Bruce Springsteen has a song called State Trooper uh, that's about a guy who's trying not to get pulled over by a state trooper. He says, maybe you got a kid, maybe you got a pretty wife. The only thing that I got's been bothering me my whole life. Mr. State Trooper, please don't stop me. So I thought it was funny that he's saying, maybe this trooper, maybe you got a kid, maybe you got a wife. And then in Desperate Things, the cop's talking about how uh, the girl knows he's got a wife and a little girl. And so I thought it was just another interesting There's a lot of uh, similarities. Um, I heard an interview with Jimmy Kimmel. Again, went down this rabbit hole, and he was asking Brandon about a song that sounded like another song. Uh, we'll have to bring that up. I don't got all the details. I just popped in my mind there. Uh, but for those of you that don't know or have been listening, Jimmy's been killing it over on Instagram. Go over, join the Instagram. He's been putting up a lot of these comparisons with the songs and uh, different lyrics and, and comparing them to things that we've been talking about. So uh, go over and give that a, a follow. Lonely Town Podcast. Honestly. Lonely Town Podcast. Uh, we've got the Facebook group. I have this NRP hat that I've been wanting to give away, and I think I've figured out the only fair way to do it. Uh, as I post this, we're getting towards the end of uh, January, I believe. I want to give this hat away at the end of February, and I'm going to just say, if you subscribe, let us know that you subscribed. If you rate us, let us know you rate us. If you go on Instagram and comment or subscribe on, follow that, however that works, or Facebook, uh, I'm just going to go random with everyone that does everything. I'm going to collect all the names, do a randomizer, and we're going to send out that hat. So if you want the NRP hat from the rubber plant in Nephi, go participate on our social media, uh, review the show, uh, subscribe to the show, whatever, just be interactive, let us know, share some pictures, share some comments on Jimmy's Instagram about what you think about this stuff he's doing, be interactive. I will ship this anywhere in the world. I have a... No, no qualms or problems. I can do it. I'll put it all fancy and nice. Uh, Jimmy's hoping somebody over in the UK gets it. I'd be more than happy to send it there, or somebody over in uh, New Jersey. I don't, I don't really care. Or somebody in Nephi. Or somebody in Nephi. I'm gonna try to get some more hats. I think I might have a little more of an in. We'll see what we can do. But at this point, uh, we're gonna do that. Um, we're still trying to give away the CD of of the Pressure Machine album. Uh, we were doing that with uh, people that gave us a review on an Apple Podcast. Uh, now Stitcher will let you review as well. I don't know if it lets you comment, but it lets you review. If you review us on Stitcher, let me know that you did that. Or Spotify, I guess. It's not Stitcher, so I'm lying. If you can do it wherever you can do it, let me know. We're right at 21, so that's close. After these two giveaways, I have a Brandon Flowers signed uh, album as well, and we'll figure out how to do that one, but... We can't do that until we've done the other. So please participate. Uh, we love seeing the show grow. We love being interactive. Um, everyone's been really great with us, so I appreciate that. But I just had to get all that out there. But go follow Jimmy on Instagram. He's doing a great job. Thanks. That's another episode down from Lonely Town. <laughs>